and welcome to a new episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. And Kathy has never headphones on yet. <laughs> you now. That's Kathy. That's Kathy. Welcome to episode 119. Uh, yes. Today, I'm kind of off screen a bit because I'm getting some stuff ready. Should probably switch that over to a different camera. Uh, hey, Crimson. Tonight, we are going to talk about Gen Con and that possibility, because we actually started uh, off air talking about it, and we're like, oh, let's get back into talking about it. Let's save this for the podcast. We're going to talk about Gen Con? Gen Con? Question mark. And uh, role-playing, because I had some things about role-playing that we wanted to talk about, but we have a feeling that the Gen Con slash uh, convention thing may... um, take a lot of time we may get some pretty good information on that if i see me way from way over here um so other than that uh let's go ahead and start off by thanking all of our sponsors we want to thank creature caster even though it says kathy's painting tonight she's not going to paint and gonzo's not going to paint either gonzo is going to be working on a model that he <laughs> there will be no cool. painting tonight unless you people in the uh I- I almost feel like I have to paint because neither of you are, but I already did my hobby street. Yeah, right? I'm not going to be painting. I've got, I've got a work I need to do. But we want to thank Creature Caster for sponsoring our podcast. Uh, those guys do awesome <coughs> work uh, with new stuff, new paints <coughs> coming out. Um, we also want to thank Muse on Minis for supporting us and putting our podcast out on the air. I um, want to thank uh, Metalhead Minis for sponsoring us. And uh, she will be having some new product from us pretty soon. That people can buy, especially it's a song and a song of ice and song of ice and fire uh, supplement, uh, partially designed by myself and Captain Mizzy. And who am I missing? Tectonic Craft Studios. Dan. Te- Tectonic Craft Studios. Dan the man. Um, which I hope to have some new new information from him about some stuff coming up pretty soon. Um, so other than that, um, John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I am drinking uh, whatever the green flavored of Hawaiian punch is called. Green flavored Hawaiian punch. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just green flavored. No, no, it's just, got a name on the thing. I just it, don't it look. Did, I, I, I disbelieve. I disbelieve. It is green. Red is red. Orange oh. is orange. Hold on. I'm going to Hawaiian. It's that wave for Kool Aid, too. Flavors. And Jello. Kathy, oh. what are you drinking then? I'm drinking uh, a gin and tonic because people have finally decided that tonic water is not going to cure their COVID-19. <laughs> Good. Uh, it's, it's called Greenberry Rush, by the way. Greenberry Rush. Um, that's an illusion, I disbelieve. Uh, I mean, you can take it up with www.hawaiianpunch.com <laughs> and see what Punchy says about it. They're lying. Involve a punch. They are lying. Lies, lies. Uh, tonight, I am drinking some good old water. Um, I've been up since 3 a.m. Uh, because my dog decided to pee on my carpet in the middle of the night, and I couldn't go back to sleep after that. So, sticking with some water for a bit. Um, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's rough, so rough, 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 rough. So, uh, to everybody out there watching, listening, following us, coming in and chatting with us we appreciate it guys uh please take care of yourself make sure that you are looking after each other and uh if you have to go out be safe cheers cheers cheers
Captain Missy is drinking a non-alcoholic mango lemonade. That sounds delicious. Yeah, that sounds good. Let me go and uh, switch over to um, a Gonzo Paint Cam. Legionnaire says, my bet is no Gen Con. I mean, War Machine WTC just got canceled today. So, yep. well... That's sort of the topic. That's what brought it up. Legionnaires may have, uh, in my stream, heard me say it is just my assumption, but I am, I'm just assuming that all of my conventions for the year are not going to happen. So, um, it's unlikely for all of them because honestly, at the point where you are legally able to hold them, anyone who has already booked space and you have to book it in advance would not be allowed to cancel that for insurance reasons. So. That's where it gets weird. And that's sort of the problem we're going to end up running into with a lot of these is that even if they want to cancel them, there will be a point where they cannot cancel them. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that's what we were talking about because uh, since San Diego Comic Con canceled and such, and they're huge, of course, we were like, oh, what about, you know, Gen Con? Because Gen Con's coming up and it's technically not that far away. Um, and we were like, um, it's basically the end of July or 1st of August. It is as far away from right now as basically the beginning of COVID is from now. So, I mean, it's, it's still a a good period away and it'll feel like it takes forever. Hey guys, do you remember we almost started world war three? That was actually this year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Feels like last year, year before. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and actually Crimson brings up the point that we were bringing up also, Kathy. Uh, he says, at a, at a point, they won't, even if they don't cancel, I still don't want to get on a plane and go into a crowded room of tens of thousands of nerds with questionable hygiene at the best of times. That's what I was saying, too, Crimson. Yep. I was saying there's going to be a lot of people that feel that way. Yep, and... And, that's and I don't think there's going to be an equal number of people that feel the other way, just based on... You know, how conventions were after 9-11 when people were afraid to fly. And that was only afraid to fly, not afraid of catching some unseen, you know, virus and stuff. So I hate to say it, but people were more afraid to fly because the uh, the danger was, was more real in their minds. You know, COVID is that thing that happens, but doesn't happen to you. I mean... It, it's easy. That's why all, all people are out there rationalizing why they're still going out and doing stupid shit, even yeah. though they shouldn't be out and doing stupid shit. Um, they're just pretty certain it's not going to get them because you I know. feel like that's a minority, a loud minority of of people, though. True, but you also have people who maybe maybe aren't as worried. You know, there's a lot a lot of the gamer community who probably have that air of invincibility who likes to I don't know, roll them dice, you know? A lot of a lot of gamers that riverboat gambler style, like, I'll be fine, I'll wear a mask, maybe you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I would actually hope that it's not a thing by the time, COVID's not really a thing we worry about as much by the time that comes around, but that seems about the time we'd be getting off the, the second uh, wave because we're going to have a second wave after everyone goes back out. It's going to happen. It happened in the past. It's going to happen again. It's just the way it's going to be. Benian wants to know, why is Gonzo making an odd raven mask? Raven. Uh, it's a Sith Inquisitor mask, actually, Benian. So, I mean, 
I was we'll get there. Get partially put together because I have to sit there and hold this glue because I printed it in two parts, or it would have been you know too much of a pain in the ass, and then I'll get it done. But I want to get these the nose piece painted uh, or glued together because it's not 100% shaped correctly. So I'm holding the glue down. Sorry, That's the reason why I'm not talking, I had to make sure it matched up okay and everything else because there is definitely going to have to be some sanding and some gap filling on this, but. It's one of the problems with two-part things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't worry uh, about it too much. Um, but no, because we, me and another person were talking about Gen Con, and we're like, Gen Con's one of those conventions that it's not like, oh, there's 500 people. No, this is, you know, tens of thousands to, you know, whatever you want to call it type people. This is huge. This is, you know, the largest gathering of nerds that can be. And I'm yeah, like... 60,000 people four years ago. Yeah. I don't... I mean, it's coming close. We're only like a month and a half, uh, two months? Like two. That. Gen Con is Three full the... months ago. Or three full months away from now. Three. Yeah. Three full months. So, I so. mean, it's not that we, it couldn't happen. It's just that, you know, it possibly, you know, it could still go off. But, I mean, it's there's got to be some changes. Yeah, uh, and that's good. You guys, I mean, everyone should start keeping that in mind for stuff. Uh, we were also talking about uh, Warfare Weekend. Yeah. Uh, I had a few um, things come up about Likely that. to go off because, I mean, that's, that's far enough in the future, I'll be honest. If there's a lot of cons like that, if it doesn't go off that far in the future, there are other problems. And, I mean everything we say can be thrown out at that point. Yeah, there's the thing. Uh, someone had, we did, since the WTC canceled, I had quite a few people message me and ask me if uh, the Warfare Weekend was still on. And at this time, yes, it is. We're still monitoring just like everybody else and waiting to see, you know, what's going on. But you never know. That's the thing. I've had quite a few people reschedule their uh, qualifying tournaments for the Invitational. And they're like, is this a problem? And I'm like, no, of course not. This is, this is a whole different thing. This isn't, you're not being denied or you're not going to, you know, lose your spot as a qualifying tournament. This is something that's so rare. It's, you know, it's, it's weird. The um, word thrown around is unprecedented. Yeah. And that's the best way to put it. And I'm like, no, there, I'm not going to, you know, deny you or say whatever, but I mean, here's the thing. We have to run it bit by bit. I mean, yep. If something comes up, and if the, especially if the state says, hey, you can't have a gathering of more than 10 people, we're, we can't, you know, have it. Yeah, I mean, St. Louis actually canceled other other conventions before the, if you will, the big hit of uh, COVID-19 came up just because they were worried. They had had almost no cases uh, reported, uh, no appreciable threat by in most people's eyes before we really know what it was, and they canceled a I'm going to mention two days, um, two business days before it start. Like, it was going to start on a Monday. They canceled it Thursday night beforehand. So, I mean, you never know. All these places are being safer rather than sorry. Uh, so, we'll have to uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But keep in mind, these things could cancel. Maybe if you think you're going to something, have an idea what you plan to do, you know, if it goes off. Do you going to go? Are you going to have a mask? I mean, we'll have no idea what it's going to be like. People are going to be wearing masks out in public for a long time after COVID-19. I mean, it's going to happen. People who are just 
I don't want to say too worried. How about more worried than the rest of us? <laughs> yeah. Because are they too worried? I don't know. They didn't get it. Can they really be too worried? Well, I mean, and, and that's the thing is we, we, we won't know until it's only going to be a, a time will tell thing. And that's yes. the thing. A time will tell whether this, you know, things start opening up or things start, people start doing things. Um, and it's just going to have to, it's, it's a wait and see thing. Mm-hmm. Um, would we rather have Gen Con go off? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But, you know. But, you know, based upon what people have said, and I don't really want to go too far into that. Uh, you can hear political talk when I talk on my other podcast if you want. Um, but let's just say with the idiocy going on with some people, remember that the right amount of people, the, the appropriate amount of people, the, the okay amount of people that can die for any event is zero. Zero. No one. Nothing is important enough to go on if people are going to get are going to potentially die. It's just not not worth it. There ain't gaming that's important enough for that. The NFL knows that. Like all, when all the professional sports close, y'all should know the shit's real. Yeah. There is so much money on the line for those guys. And to be honest, I'm surprised as, as a related how many people just have no idea what to do with their time because they can't watch sports. Yeah. I was joking. My boss is a very big sports person, and I was joking. I said, man, I can't wait until ESPN starts doing esports now. Because you can watch esports, and you know, and he's like, "No, I'll fucking yeah." <laughs> sure, it's on ESPN eight. The Ocho. The Ocho. Actually, they they've been showing esports. I mean, let's be honest: are esports any different than showing the World Series of fucking poker? Well, yeah, it's just it was just a, a big joke because he's not nerdy or anything, and I was just giving him shit because he's a huge, huge sports fan. Yeah. I mean, honestly, people people joke at esports, but actually, I think there's some interesting stuff in there because if it's not about the sport, it's about if the commentators can make the sport interesting. Yeah. If you can explain that, then you can get people watching. I mean, think of the videos you watch on YouTube that are just interesting. You'd like, I didn't care about this thing, but man, this guy made it sound super interesting. Yeah. Like watching an individual paint. You that's, are Bob Ross, and you can talk about it and make it sound interesting. That's what made it much better. I'm glad you clarified. I thought you were taking a shot at Kathy for a second there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, people, you know, I was watching, I was checking out a review on a game that I possibly wanted to buy and download. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch, because on uh, PlayStation, you can watch people play the game that are broadcasting. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch, you know, some games and see, you know, some gameplay. And a lot of it was people just standing around talking to their friends in the middle of the game, but not going and doing anything. And I'm like, this does not want me. I don't want to buy this game. Uh, this is, you know, it's a turn off to this right here. So I was like flipping through. I had to go through like six different channels to finally find one person playing the game. And, uh, it was just bad. Hashtag YouTube for the win. Yeah. Just type it in, find someone playing the game. You will know, does it look like the gameplay is interesting enough for yeah. me? I enjoyed when I was into Champions, there were several people that were streaming, and I enjoyed watching them play that game against other people. And they would talk about what they were doing, what the cards did, 
they would talk about their strategy, you know, why they were making this decision, that decision, and the people in the chat would ask them about it or, you know, talk about their own strategies and everything. And I, I, I thought that was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Those are great fun. If you get, like, the reason all those Twitch, those Twitch people do well is because they have a good way of explaining what they're looking at, what they're looking for, their tactics, their ideas. Um, I was watch. I've been watching a guy doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's got a million videos on YouTube of MechWarrior Online. He has a great job of explaining, like, we need to do this now, but I can't do it because this. He he goes into it, and you're like, I feel like I know a lot of what's going on in that game because of the great. He explains that. Um, and honestly, it's always what we had hoped for from uh, you know, streaming and or recording games of. Uh, you know, War Machine or whatever, because you want to sort of get that experience. Um, uh, you want to get that experience across, but it's hard sometimes. If you're recording a game, the guy's right across from you. You can't always just say what you're planning because you're sort of giving it away. Yeah. Um, maybe the uh, the advanced maneuvers guys always did a better job because they'd go and record the game and they'd do a voiceover at higher speed afterwards to sort of tell their, their thoughts. Yeah. Um... What was it? Arcane Assist when they did that. They would play the game and then they would come back and re-record commentary over the fact. That way they yeah. didn't spoil anything or nothing got ruined or whatever. Let me get uh, an answer for... Uh, oh. oh, pause. There we go. So for the people that were watching, I'll switch over. Let me switch over. Here, let me look at this. Um, I what? am building a Sith Inquisitor mask. Uh, you have to excuse the reflection. Uh, they were printed in two different ways. But I was gluing them together because I think I'm going to build a cosplay outfit of the Sith Inquisitor mask. Uh, I've seen it on Thingiverse for quite a while. Been watching it and I was like, oh, this looks really freaking cool. I think I want to do something with this. And um, so I finally printed it off and... Just was like, I uh, need to put it together. So I figured I'd put it together on air. Why do Sith have really cool masks and uh, Jedi's do not? Because, Jedi's uh, because good guys don't need to hide their faces. Unless you're a Lone Ranger. <laughs> there you go. See, when, when you are the majority, i.e. the Jedi, you don't have to hide your face. Because you're the majority, you're safe. But when you're a minority in there, or you have loved ones you need to protect, then you must hide your face. Besides, masks are terribly comfortable. They feel they'll be all the rage in a couple of years. <laughs> are we pre-rambling? Oh, so you can see your face? I mean, that's an improvement. Go with that. Go with that. Back. <laughs> but I was just trying to get it fixed. Uh, it took me, just for people, FYI, the top half took uh, two days to print, and the bottom half took 22 hours to print. Um, the top half, I'm going to have to do some sanding on here. Yeah, no doubt. Because I got a little, because uh, it's the top layer. I should have reorientated it. So this part, the top of the head was the top print. But all this is is just taking a fine sander and sand it down. And then uh, sealing and, uh, what is it? Um, primer will take care and fill some of that gap in there. Yeah, I mean, some primer will take care of some of that. Yeah, so... Still got to fix some of the... You can airbrush it? Yes. Uh, there's going to be an airbrush. Uh, it's going to be black in the recesses and silver chrome on the upper parts. That's what it's supposed to be like. 
Um, and I'm probably going to do like some battle damage or, uh, you know, weathering effects on it too. You so. don't have the really shiny chrome spray stuff, do you? It's just going to be metallic paint, right? You know what I'm talking about? There's this chrome spray. It's not for airbrush, I don't think. It's it's like a, a spray paint, kind of a, I don't know, it's a caustic paint, but it comes out like, it looks like actual chrome. I have a friend who sprayed plastic hyos with it, and it was like they were chrome, actual chrome. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be chrome chrome. It's going to be a very bright silver. I don't know if I want to go chrome or not, because when you oh. seal chrome... Oh. Oh. Do what? Chrome <laughs> or GTFO? Um, when you when you seal chrome, it dulls really bad. Where are my clippers? You could you could put gloss varnish over it. That's what gloss varnish is for. Yeah, I could. That stuff yeah. you wouldn't need to do a what? So that's what gloss varnish is for. If you make it uh, all nice and if you dull it down when you put it on there, you gloss varnish and gloss varnish. Yeah. I did that on uh, on uh, Red Skull's boots. They were shiny. <laughs> This is Nazi, and he'll do the stupid shit. But yeah, that chrome spray, that is so... It doesn't require any kind of a other finish. Yeah, there, there's a lot of that good chrome stuff out there. I have some of the chrome paint around here somewhere. I bought it when I was buying some paints. I know uh, um, a friend of mine, he's done a lot of chrome paint jobs on miniatures, and he mm -hmm. actually has a chrome pin. Chrome yep, marker pin. Yeah, chrome pin is the next one I was talking about. Yeah. Um, I know uh, El Marshall did that on Ultron. You can see his ass from fucking Orbit. <laughs> uh, he did it on um, Iron Man before he he washed it in red a lot. Uh, it can it can make a model really really pop. If you ever want that silver to super duper pop, get that chrome. Yeah, if you go chrome, you can yell witness me. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Where is my? Oh, my friend Gilbert from Red Dragon Model Works, uh, he made a mask. He printed a mask. And actually, I forget who printed it for him. But that one was the one with uh, the, the teeth. I can't even explain it, but it was so cool. And he painted it up like, like they were just sort of brown, ivory, like old old ivory sort of teeth mm -hmm. and like screwed into this jaw thing and then the other parts were metallic and uh I think I saw that. It was so cool, so creepy. And he's like he's like my wife won't go to the grocery store and film other people's reactions to this mask when I wear it. She's too embarrassed to be seen with me. <laughs> yeah. It was so a people, cool. A lot of nerds are going out with some really funny masks here or there. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Oh, that's loud. Yeah. Wow, that's not even that's not even loud on this end. I'm just reverberation, I'm sure is what it is. But I I, I, I think your microphone's picking up way more than it should. Yeah. You got, a, you got a heck of a mic on that set there. Yeah, so Well, I was trying to find my soft, you know, fingernail file um you should probably actually sandpaper it. Honestly. Your soft fingernail file won't do anything to it, and it will take forever. Well, it, it's got one side of it's rough, and then one other side is pretty smooth uh, that I've used before. I just uh, I don't know what happened to it. Uh, when I rearranged, I lost it. I don't know if you're planning on going out to get something, but I have a block that is a uh, drywall sander. It does a very good job on a lot of stuff that's not too hard. Yeah. 
I've got I've got a plethora of fingernails. Or you file know, you can go with a file like this. I, I have one of those two in the other room <laughs> at the same time. For the same model. Because that's uh, can fit flat to the uh, we're gonna show you the model, heck not. Beautiful big file. This model, this forward model, wouldn't the uh, base wouldn't go flat on the base. You can even tell now it's not exactly flat. So I put a layer of uh, green stuff on it, and then had to use the files and everything to make it vaguely flat so that it would stick on the base. That's cool. Yeah, it's a Trogoth Hag. It is one of the only world models I've bought anytime recently, just because GW doesn't make one so. So how did your guys' torso go together there, Gonzo? Uh, he went together. I'm definitely going to do just some gap filling uh, along it and just use green stuff. Yeah, Shouldn't be yeah. Too bad. Um, but, I mean, there's definitely, you know, I can stick a fingernails, you know, width in there. And I'm just going to yeah, green. That, won't, that won't be difficult. Nah. Um, but I also have to file all these down because, I mean, remember this one. I haven't touched it since the podcast last week, and it's got that rounded. Mm -hmm. You need a bigger file, dog. I've got because I, I don't know where my file went. I have a big file. I just don't know where it went. You need one like Kathy's got. Honestly, those giant files are good for you. It sits there as a flat surface, and then you and you just rub the model across it. Or no, I have one that is you know like an inch or so wide. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know where it went. I know where I can go get one. So, on top of that, um, of, of Gen Con, give a percentage of chance you think that it's actually going to go while I go get a fingernail file. Oh, God, that requires way more data than I have off the top of my head. Uh, let's just see if I can find it here. So, what I do, guys, and this is purely a nerd thing, is uh, NPR has a lot of reasonably frequently updated information on coronavirus in various states, including you can go down towards the bottom and see uh, what it's like in any state. And I like to use that to see what it looks like because people ask me questions like this and I might need to have a reasonable answer. So the real problem with Gen Con is Gen Con is going to be a very global, it's usually a very global uh, con. Uh -huh. So I think you're going to see a lot of them um uh not show up for that um this one is very weird let me find the one i'm looking for here da -da -da. I'm looking for one particularly that has a better uh a better graph of everything that's the one i'm looking for the state by state peaks because i mean honestly no one can know because once you start once you stop social distancing in a state you have no idea what may happen here yeah. Well, and then when you've got people coming in from all 50 states, mm -hmm. in addition to the international crowd. Yep. Let's take a look. Maybe mute that. The, yeah, the main thing is going to be to see uh, what the state's going to be like. Because if the state doesn't allow people in, it doesn't matter what you want to do with your con. Let's see. They actually look like they peaked April 10th. They're on the down, but they had another uh, uptick. Uh, 
Um, yeah, they're still trending like a lot of states to be down to almost zero. I keep in mind, this is deaths, not cases. So there's only so much you can look at for that. Um, but they're looking to go down to about zero in mid to late May. So very, very likely they won't have to cancel Gen Con because of that. Again, like we said, if they uh, if they're not getting enough people, or if they can cancel it, and the uh, the insurance money is as good or better than the money they would have gotten from uh, the people who are actually going to show up anyways, they may cancel it anyways if they can get away with it. It's it's just for safety. I mean, it's it seems crazy to say that, but at some point you may just have to cancel for safety purposes that's why honestly that's why a lot of these have been canceled i mean some of these things people aren't there aren't necessarily people in the threat range or what have you and a lot of people were willing to go to some conventions but you have to be ready for the safety um let me see if i can actually find that here let's see and uh let's see if they have anything as good as maryland maryland's got a very good one actually uh, where it shows you a lot of good data. Um, so overall, um, I bet Indianapolis is right there in that county. I would have money on that. Anyone know where the uh, where's where Indianapolis? Hold what on county here. it's in? Yeah. I uh, bet Marion. Yep, it's in Marion County. You, you know how I could tell? Because all their counties, they have one county that sort of borders other state that's got like 1,500 cases. The rest are significantly under 1,000, except for that one that's at like 5,000. Uh-huh. Um, so looking at their overall numbers, they're in the middle of an uptick, so it's hard to tell. Uh, still likely to fall. They haven't updated, uh, recent, they've updated recently, so it probably won't be canceled because the state wants to cancel stuff. But uh, it still may be canceled by them. Um, I would give it, I don't know, I'd say 75% chance of actually going off, uh, you know, canceling for insurance money notwithstanding. I think there's a very small chance of the state, because uh, they get a lot of money in Indianapolis from conventions. They're not going to want to cancel if they don't have to. And that's, again, the rawest look at the data is just looking at the cases they have and what the trends look like. And again, it's always hard to tell when they're currently trending up, because, I mean, trending up, you got to be careful. Well, the Indy 500, <clears throat> which uh, draws yes. way more people than Gen Con, believe it or not. Uh, I believe it. <laughs> was postponed uh, until the fall, and they've postponed it again till even later now. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Let's see what it says. Let's see if they see anything about that. They rescheduled for August 23rd. So, and I know a lot of people are wondering, why don't they just, you know, uh, push that, push back the date of a convention? The problem with that is, if people don't know, is that convention center is probably booked solid afterwards. Mm -hmm. It's a big convention center, but there's a lot of people doing stuff there. And that's why most of these places can't just reschedule. Because... I mean, there's other people who got their their thing in there. The, all they Others, can do is yeah, cancel it and just go for the next year. 
every venue everywhere they mm-hmm. you know they're booked now there and might they're, be they're one... not going to want to people aren't going to want to move their convention right. unless they have to <laughs> Monument uh, Slothews oh is reading. Hey, Jason. <laughs> Thank you so much for the raid. Thanks, Jason. Welcome, welcome. Uh, everybody who is a Monument Slothews Creature Caster fan. <laughs> we love our Creature Caster people. <laughs> of course, unfortunately, we're not painting tonight. Gonzo's yeah. working on some models, but... <laughs> yeah, we're actually... We're talking about related stuff, but uh, not uh, not directly. Uh, our current conversation is whether or not uh, Gen Con's going to go off and what we're looking at for dates for stuff. Um, I think to sum up, we think oh, there's a chance Gen Con will go off. It definitely won't be as big as it normally is, and we're not really sure uh, what it's going to look like. And of course, these a, are all suppositions. Yeah, suppositions. I'm no yeah. expert. I am <laughs> amateur data looker at her. Um, but um, I do have some knowledge in it since I do work for a company. And we do deal with uh, a lot of organizations that do a lot of conventions. But we'll have to see how that goes. If I get any notes, I'll, of course, update you guys. But as I said, right now, the earliest convention I know they're planning on going after for any of the people we deal with is until October, which is, as you know, quite a few months after the end of July. So we'll have to see. I think... Um, so Gen Con's got a good chance, won't be as big. I think, honestly, I mean, Warfare Weekend might be the one to book on for that, as much as I hate to, to say it, because it seems like shameless <laughs> self-promotion, or shameless guns of promotion. Guns of promotion. No, and the thing is, is it's so far out still. It, yeah, it, it is still it's so super far out. Um, let's see, what else is in between there? I mean, it's big convention season there, so there's a bunch of ones that'll probably go off. Um I wonder when Nova Open is this year. It's Labor Day weekend every year. Oh, yeah, thanks. I should know that. September, fair chance <laughs> of them, 2nd to 6th September. Always on a week I can't make it because it sucks. Yeah. Uh, Serge says ReaperCon. That's I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know. 3rd through 6th, the same weekend? Yeah. Maybe, so, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I would say that. <laughs> I would give that one very high chances of going off, um, but again, maybe not as quite as many people. That might be when people finally start going out. And actually, for a lot of those cons, you get people who are stir-crazy. You might get a lot more local-ish people who normally don't go or are willing to go. Yeah, and then by the same token, you'll be getting a lot of people who aren't the healthiest of people, so they're going to be cautious and, mm-hmm. you know, and not go. And I, I like to say that gamers as a whole are generally smarter than the average population. You know, we have more logical deduction capabilities in most cases. And we'll be looking at that data. And uh, while we may be remote gamblers, as I talked with Kathy before the show, we're not stupid. You know, we're going to we'll take some chances, but they'll be educated chances. So. And Jason's like, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out. Yeah, it's yeah. It's all a vast unknown right now. and Like, like we were saying, unprecedented. There's no precedent for this. We've yeah. ne- never seen anything like it before. Well, we kind of have, but society's changed so much in those hundred years since the last time something like this really, really happened. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. And there's a lot of other things that go on since then. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's bad. I mean, it's a bad time for a lot of companies. 
you know, and these, not to get too political, but since we're COVID-19 right now, uh, these places that are opening up, dare I say, early are hurting people and companies because, you know, once you're allowed to be open, you can't get all the benefits for having to be closed. Yeah. Seems crazy. Unfortunately, it's a thing that happens. So keep supporting those guys if you like them. Be safe. You know, when you're when your local game store is allowed to be open, maybe try and run in, grab some stuff, and go. Maybe not. I wouldn't try and hang out and play games for a little bit until you feel safe. I mean, to be fair, there's usually about four feet between us, generally speaking. It's almost six feet, reasonably safe. But take it down to the magic games and all. I'm thinking miniature games, of course. So, but uh, be careful with that and think about it. Um, uh, I, for one, will probably have my friends over as soon as it's... I'm sure you could get away with it right now, but it doesn't seem right if everyone's supposed to basically stay at home unless you have to, unless you need to travel. It seems stupid to invite friends over to play fucking miniatures games. <laughs> Call me crazy. Crazy. But- I I absolutely agree with you. And I have friends who are going stir crazy and they're like, hey, you wouldn't want to just, you know, come over and no. No. The answer is no. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're bored. I'm totally bored. I came over. I'm going to let him in. I don't care. I ain't worried. Um, I have a couple that maybe it's not the best idea. I mean, I do still have to go to the office uh, currently four days a week. Um. And then, you know, uh, my buddy Not Brushhead Dave still goes to the office with his people. They're still working from the last I heard. I only got a couple minutes to talk to them. Um, downside of having to have masks on in the restaurant is you have to mask on the after- restaurant. makes it hard to have conversations. Fucking hate wearing a mask out. Just going to say. But I have to. So I do. Because you do. I mean, at the end of the day, if you have to, you have to. Rage about it all you want. You can not want to do it all you want, but if it's for other people's safety, just fucking do it. If it was about my safety. I'm not as worried, you know. But other people's safety, you got to be worried. It's other people. Yes. So we are hoping Gen Con. I'm thinking maybe that Reaper Con type area because it's another full month afterwards. It seems good, and and as you get further away. It'll get more and more likely something's going to go off. But until first state opens and sees success opening again, we're not going to know. Um, we had it earlier. Someone mentioned that uh, Florida's opening up. And, I mean, everyone's going to – Georgia's opening up. We're going to see how those states take it, you know. Florida's a better – Florida and the Atlanta metro area, we have better um, – uh, you know, guinea pig is fuck. I hate to say it that way. A better guinea yeah. pig. What's going to happen? Then they'll other... be supplying us with data. They will be supplying us with data. <laughs> um, just got to make sure we use the data properly. Florida man legionnaire says. Yeah, Florida man. If you'll find something wrong with this, Florida man can do it. Do not discount what Florida man will and won't do. <laughs> For uh, other people that are watching, I am working on a Giver 3D model I printed recently. Uh, trying to put it together, it's going to be a lot of gap filling. But and if you don't know, what, well, and if you want to know what the Giver is, check out the anime. Do not watch the live action movie. I don't care if Mark Hamill's in it. Don't do it. And actually, <laughs> the live action wasn't bad, but the anime is so much better. Hold on, full stop here. Was <laughs> it? No, no, it, it's bad. Like, don't don't listen to him. 
take it from the guy who's watched all the Transformers movies recently and didn't think they were that bad. <laughs> it is that bad. I didn't think it was. I thought they did a very good job for the time that uh, it was made and, you know, with the technology they had then. No. But they actually didn't. <laughs> it's not good. I guess I'm going to have to go rewatch it then, huh? On a scale of Casablanca to Atlantic Rim. Oh, it, it's cats now, remember? Oh, my mistake. Casablanca to cats. Where does it fall? Um, I'm going to say three-fifths of the way towards cats. Oof, that's... Mm. I'm going to rewatch it. I'm just going to find it and rewatch it. Because, now, I did watch it when it first came out, and that was a long, long time ago. That was a long time ago. And, to be fair, I saw the anime long before I saw the movie, I and it was see, not good. I did see the anime long before the movie. That's the reason why I knew Also, it to be fair, Guyver 2 Dark Hero is a better movie overall. I think they tried too hard in the Guyver movie and did things they shouldn't have tried to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's not Atlantic Rim. It's not. No, no, it's not Atlantic Rim. No, it's... <laughs> trust me, I've watched some shit recently, and while Atlantic Rim is still in the category of shittiest movies ever, this is a fair portion away from that. It's woof. Yeah, it's not that bad. Definitely no, not that bad. Yeah. No, not even by my recollection is it that bad. Maybe we'll have to watch it. Maybe if someone finds it free somewhere, let me know. Maybe I'll find some time to watch it. We can review it for next week. Also, oh, I can find the Guyver movie somewhere. For why us. would I? Apparently, I'm a glutton for punishment because after watching Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter, you'd think I'd know better than to try and watch shit movies. Well, you also. <laughs> Oh, I still can't up. believe every it's... movie is adult beverage assisted viewing. All of them. I can't believe there's a movie called Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. I mean, there's Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah, but that's basically right? a comic book. Probably a better movie. I'm pretty sure I actually saw Abraham Lincoln the Vampire Hunter on the streets of Chicago at 3 o'clock in the morning when I was driving home one day. Okay. So, Legionnaires. Here's the thing, Turkish Star Wars, Turkish Star Wars is a whole different, whole different thing. Like, we gave it five shots of Kraken back in the day, but it's five loving shots of Kraken. That movie is a whole different thing. Like, Atlanta Grimm is so far worse than that because they were fucking trying and had a budget. Um, we'll have to wait on Velocipastor. We keep trying to get a live viewing of that for charity uh, with Mouth John. Haven't had a chance to get it all to work yet. So I'm holding off on watching that because I want to be fresh when that comes in. Is Velocipastor a dinosaur that is a priest? No, it's a priest who uh, can turn into a dinosaur and fight So, things. yeah, six of one, half a dozen of the other. I mean, I think a, a, a dinosaur that finds a way to turn into a human or isn't or... A dinosaur who is actually a pastor in addition is a totally different movie. <laughs> oh yeah, Gonzo mask. You're you're sanding fucking uh, resin there. Thanks, Legionnaires. You know, and he was wearing it earlier. And I took it off to get some stuff done. There you go. Thanks, mom. Right. <laughs> He's right. 
I mean, that's a good note for everyone watching that you need to wear that mask when you're filing that stuff. Is no bueno. Uh, so actually, Crimson, uh, I don't think the higher scale had to be recalibrated since Turkish Star Wars. Uh, Turkish Star Wars was the original five shot. And then Atlantic Rim took the crown. And then Catstain came and said, um, we may not categorically be worse, but we cost $100 million, so we're taking the crown. They sort of bought the crown, so to speak. Uh, so we'll have to see with that. Now we're talking about movies again. We just can't again, get away from it tonight. Well, honestly, I'm okay with I mean, that. Thinking about it in, in this, I mean, in this crisis... What do we have to do? Watch movies play, and play video games. Watch movies and play video games. I'm going to play a lot of video games right now, so watching a lot of movies. Wait, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Well, I mean, you can paint models, too. Paint models? What the hell's that? I paint lots <laughs> of models. I don't want to paint models. There's no reason to paint models. I mean, I'd hold up the... Uh, the two Battletech models I, I've painted, but I know Necromiles have seen them, so. Cause... I'll be finishing the uh, the Pirate Girl that I was working on last week, where I, I had a little palette cleanser as I, I was painting the Scissorine of Desire, lovingly also known as the Twins from Creature Caster. And it, it's been taking a while, as people can imagine. And so I just needed a sort of a palette cleanser, you know? I needed to just take a break and do something else. So last week I was working on this uh, this bombshell pirate girl that Patrick Keith sculpted. And that was a lot of fun. And I'm almost done with it. And so this week, uh, once I get the stripes painted on her pants, it will be back to the scissoring of desire. Yeah, these are and my John palette is showing cleanser. off his battle tech guys. Yeah, these are my palette cleanser. You don't need to be nearly as detailed. It's, uh, it's kind of a good palette cleanser. Lisa Mears actually... is painting Urukai. Awesome. Urukai. Awesome. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot actually, of jet done with all ten of the core Marvel Crisis Protocol models. Hooray. We're on top of that, and then I'm working on uh, Winter Soldier now, but I haven't gotten very far. Base in his arm. And then... Uh, putting together two more and then i got a little bit of train left for them after that i am done with marble crisis protocol i'll have to buy some more or paint other models i'm sure i can find <laughs> some other models to paint um i told someone like i feel like if i got you know my work wasn't essential i'd run out of models to paint what? if COVID-19 lasted 10 years <laughs> Like, literally, I have models. I mean, I will run out of paint long before models. I was going to say, I know that before you got your painting station set up, you were assembling and assembling and assembling yeah, a, a shit ton of models. I so models I know models you have models paint. to paint. <laughs> a 40K army or two. Age of Sigma army or two. Uh-huh. This Legion army. Yeah, I got a couple models I could paint. I'm not going to run out. I got models. I don't even know what paint's going to paint yet. I got Star Wars Legion, which probably would be my next if I didn't do something Malifaux real quick in between. I think Star Wars Legion would be my next. But what sort of Malifaux stuff would you would you be doing? I mean, I have I've literally only painted one uh, 
crew. So, I mean, I have like 50 million crews to go. Well, just in 10 Thunders, I probably have another six or seven crews to paint. And that's not even counting the fact I got another assembled crew over here in a box. So, yeah, I'm not, uh, not going to run out of models anytime soon. And then I got a whole other faction of, of or at least one other faction of stuff. Rumor has it I have too much. Painting that warp gate thing. You will <laughs> most likely be getting your package next week. Uh, for everybody right. wondering, uh, these are warp gates that someone had made on Thingiverse, and I 3D printed them to fit for, uh, resized them a bit uh, to fit on the base for uh, Warcaster. Neo Mechanica whenever it comes out and so I was like oh I need to get this one because this is pretty much how it's gonna be uh, I gotta do a little bit of washing on it and such but these are going to Captain Mizzy for her army because she didn't get any for hers uh, her, previous, her uh, Kickstarter didn't have any and I figured I'd paint these up for her Cool. Yeah, it's uh, probably the one piece of equipment I think Bane and I wish we had was some sort of 3D printer. Uh, didn't used to be a problem. We just get stuff from El Marshall, but um, that's not really an option right now. So <laughs> luckily I got crew for my uh, uh, Rebel uh, laser cannons here. The uh, They don't have a cool name. We just call them Rebel laser cannons. Uh, they come with Hoth crew. I've got some crew that's more generic-y. Uh, that's super cool. Because I got three of them. I don't want them all the same crew, so. Super cool. Uh, yeah. Leechers or hit me up on uh, on uh, Facebook for questions about the third edition. I'll answer uh, everything I can. Uh, we were enjoying it. Me and Brush had Dave playing pretty much every week prior to the COVID and his back problems. But uh, not sure. I mean, it's it'll be weird to see what gaming gets back into and how it gets back into when it comes in. Because... I mean, everyone's going to have a little bit of rust to knock off and have to decide what do you want to play first? What new what what new models for what new games have you been working on during your seclusion? You know, everybody might have new things they want to try out. I mean, that's absolutely fair. Um, plus what came out. I mean, some companies are taking it a little slower, but there's still releases coming out. Uh, lots of cool stuff. Uh, GW's put out some cool stuff, as always. Uh, I know Malifaux still pressing forward. There's a whole new edition of Infinity coming out that I haven't, haven't even looked at. Yeah, because it, it was supposed to come out at Gen Con. Yeah. On doing. Yeah, they're still, they're still working on it. We'll see. I mean, rumor has it that it's supposed to make things easier, which, I mean, maybe Infinity's only downside is how complicated it is, but we'll see. Um, I've also got, uh, I mean, eventually the Kickstarter for, uh, Battletech will come out. I've got a crap ton of models coming from that. I've got uh, Warcaster. I've got a crap ton of models for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting to ever see models for, uh, Relic Knights 2.0. <laughs> so. Uh, how many years has that been? Uh, actually it's not been that long, but I'm not expecting it. Honestly, if they make it through this whole COVID-19 as a viable entity, I will actually be more legitimately impressed. Uh, I am impressed they're still 
they're trying. They have plans to try and fill all their stuff, but uh, they are the definition of, well, you know, bad shit happened, and now they got to try and get out of it. Is why Kickstarter is not a guarantee, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I got plenty of models. It's and just deciding what to paint, what to play. Um, I do like the occasional, like Kathy was saying, the occasional palette cleanser. I got a uh, Paladin model here. I want to paint at some point. Here would be probably be the palette cleanser after I get done with the next couple uh, uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol models and all before I decide what to leap into afterwards. I kind of want to paint something in shiny armor, just to kind of practice some non-metallic metal uh, on armor. Got a little paladin here. He's got a sword that goes in his hands. I kind of want to paint him and the sword separately, more or less, because it goes like right in his hands. He's like holding it in front of him, so it That's blocks cool the entire one. front of the model. What's That's it from? Uh, it's Reaper, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> um. It's one of those things, you know, it's one of those models that can't, it was in a box, I had to clean out the box. I'm like, eh, keep them uh, yeah. All I have to do is glance over there and see many boxes like that. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, got a shelf over here. I'm sure I have some kind of knight slash paladin slash fighter in armor somewhere in a blister pack. I wonder if an actual imperial knight would look good in chrome. Or you have a friend that has a 3D printer that could print you at night. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff there. Um, Just keep on, keep on, guys, you know. Get some... uh, I say this all the time, but if anyone needs someone to talk to, hit us up. Hit one of us up. Probably get a Skype or something to chat with people. Uh, it's too bad we don't have our Discord. Do we have our Discord anymore, Conzo? We do. Oh it's not ever used. Nobody yeah, ever we have used. Discord. But, I mean, find some guys on Discord. I know a lot of people were just finding, you know, ways to chat with people. I know all of us were like, oh, hey, we're, you know, not, we don't need human interaction all the time. But I know a lot of people who oh said my. they didn't need, uh, Human interaction who find out that now they need a little more than they're getting now. I can't see who just followed us with two people. Thank you for whoever did that. I'm trying to concentrate on this real quick. Thank you for following Tiao Master. And a shark. I'm going to go with a shark. And actually, a someone shark? else did earlier, didn't it? Someone else I didn't get to see. Or Ash Orc. Or or Ash if Orc. you really want to see someone Ash paint Orc. really, really well, you should actually watch our channel um, Tuesday through Friday and watch Kathy paint. She's amazing. While You're me, kind to say that. Me, I just slop paint on and hopefully it sticks in the right place. Uh, no, no, you can't do that. That's my paint style. you got to find your own. Ooh. Yes. Don't make me patent this. Good luck. Uh, but going on the, the fact of the Skype thing, I want to remind everybody that our new RPG, because we were going to talk about RPGs, but we ran out of time on that. Uh, excuse me. Uh, our new RPG is going to be streaming this Wednesday at 6 p.m. We are running a, I'm running a campaign based in Midgard. Uh, campaign setting. We have... 
quite a few players. Uh, quite a few of the players for my original uh, Star Wars game. Uh, I think, let's see, we have an Asimar Warlock, a um, Dragonborn Cleric, a Shadow Sorcerer, a Damphir Rogue Pirate. Um, holy crap, I'm missing a bunch. We have a Half Orc Paladin. Uh, and a, I believe, a Half Elf Bard. That sounds like a fun group. Um, it's already started off kind of fun. We will be using Roll20. Uh, I'm still learning it, so I'm trying to get it in. Uh, we, I actually bought one of the starting modules uh, for the game, and it actually is pretty neat and pretty cool how they have it all set up with dynamic lighting and dice rolling and all of those. Really, really neat. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to it as a GM to test out and make my own stuff eventually. Yeah, I'm, uh, my uh, Traveler game is actually moving to Roll22, so uh, we'll oh, cool. see how that goes. Uh, we will be recording it also, but we'll definitely be streaming it live. We'll be streaming live uh, next week, uh, next Wednesday. It'll be our first session. We'll have to do a little bit of cleanup of uh, stuff because I know there's some people that were like, uh, I wanted to do this, I wanted to do that. I'm like, okay. Because we made our characters using the Roll20 system. Uh character generator thing that they have now is that the point by no we did the roll 46 um drop the lowest um on there and we but we did it all together as a group because we used the character sheet uh builder in roll 20 okay uh, which was pretty neat because it had all the character stuff for uh everything that we i had purchased for the game session and it was just, it was, it was a click and pick, pretty much. We're like, okay, I want to do an orc. All right, here's the bonuses that come to the orc, and it auto-calculates everything for you. So you don't have to worry about it or anything. So it was really nice. It was really neat. Um, by the way, what time is it? I'm not even paying attention. Yeah. It's two minutes to uh, media section, which you have a lot of stuff, so we could just start that two minutes early. Oh, let me take off these glasses then, and let me switch over to the media section. <laughs> <laughs> Media, and I'm going to my media camera. Sweet. Let me swear on my phone because that's where I have everything done. Uh, for people who's first time watching our last 30 minutes of the show, we talk about media and rate them on a two different scales. Uh, you've heard some of it. <laughs> and one of our scales is uh, a scale of space herpes. The fewer the space herpes, the better the movie. And we also have a rating system where we rate it from... Casablanca to cats. Cats being the worst, Casablanca being the best. So we have a two rating system. Um, I, like I said, I think earlier today, I think I had six things I needed to talk about. I watched six different things. Um, John, what do you got? Discovery season two. Oh, so it's going to be <laughs> me because Kathy, do you have anything this week? Uh, not really. Not really? Okay. Yeah, so, th this is normal also gonzo uh just watches stuff all the time and uh, <laughs> i do not uh i don't watch stuff while i'm modeling because it uh, distracts me yeah i have to keep busy quite a bit um and actually there's uh, there's two animes on this one by the way 
uh, for the people that are done to do everything. So let me get out. Um... Well, we're going to have to do mine last because we don't want to spoil anything for Captain Mizzy. So she'll have to tune out. So let's do mine last. Okay. Um, so let me go ahead and go with, um, I started watching Grand Blue uh, Fantasy. Uh, it's an anime based off of a video game, I believe. It's a fantasy anime. Um, it's not bad. For people that know me and my anime, I have to watch it uh, dubbed. Oh, it's a mobile game? Okay. I don't remember. I just know that it is based off of uh, a video game. And the story is about a guy that dies defending a girl. She resurrects him, gives him some per certain powers, and they go around saving dragons all over the place. It's your standard, typical fantasy anime You've got someone that's, you know, the guy's always going to win against, you know, the super dragon because he's going to perform this super maneuver and fight with his true heart and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, the characters are pretty good. Uh, nobody is, there's not, you know, all the fan service, which I'm really, 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 really hate um, on anime. So there's a ton of decent action. Characters are fine. The story's okay. It's pretty much them just flying all over the planet, saving dragons. Uh, he is possessed by the greatest dragon in the world. I think it's what, Ball is which one it is? Um, but it's your standard. But I mean, it's not bad. Uh, I would give it like one and a half, maybe pushing two uh, on the Space Herpes uh, for the simple fact that the animation, the way it's drawn is is a little weird because it's not clean line so it's kind of like hand-drawn and i know some people would get upset by that uh it, it threw me off a little bit at first but I'm, I'm liking it uh i know the second season they did change the animation style up a bit um so I'm, i haven't got there yet i'm only about six or seven episodes in i think uh and then they're on su they're on subtitles so i've got to wait until it's dubbed um which uh, on Funimation, they've got Simulstream. So right now, I'm happy with it. I'm good. I'm, I'm enjoying it. There's not your standard, you know, bullshit that I don't like in anime, which is all the the fan service crap and panty shots. So thumbs up so far. Uh, I'll let you know after I finish up uh, the entire season. Um, and then the second anime I watched, and I'm still watching it. I'm only about six or seven episodes in. Uh, it's called Special Seven. It's a crime investigation unit. Um, of course, one guy is just a plain ordinary detective, and then you've got you know your ragtag of weird people. Um, and there's like one person's like a troll, one person's an elf, one person's homunculus that it is supposed to be like an adult, but it actually um, looks like she's like twelve type thing. Um, what it is, is they're a group of special force crime investigation unit that, uh, go around and solve crimes, whatever. Uh, recently the story has started moving into magic and there people are starting to use magic in the world again. Kind of reminded me of, you know, uh, oh, what was that movie with Will Smith? Bright. Bright. Uh, you know, it, it I'm, I'm sure this came out probably before Bright more than anything. It sounds very Shadowrunny. Uh, it, it is, but there's not like, not technology like in Shadowrun. Okay. It's very modern day technology. Uh, it sounds like fun. It, it, sort it, of it urban fantasy kind of. 
it, it is. There's not a lot of magic. Uh, they don't show a lot of it. A lot of it's a lot of just guns and fighting. Uh, the little girl's a ninja, and she tells you that through the entire episode a bunch of times, and it kind of gets a little annoying. Um, but she's the cute factor in the anime. Um, the elf is a samurai type, and or no, vampire. Yes, she's a vampire, uh, and she's like a samurai, and she can, you know, I cast bullet with my gun. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, it, it, it's just a crime investigation thing, and right now they're investigating a terrorist group that is using magic and trying to bring the dragons back in the world. So far, not bad. Um, I'm only about like six episodes in, so I'm good animation, good style. Um, nothing that turned made me turn off um, automatically. So I was like, okay, I'll keep watching this. Um, I did. Read that as no fan service. No fan service. Yet. Um, there, I, let me go back a little bit. There was one fan service episode in Grand Blue where they were all doing a beach scene in bikinis and stuff, and I'm like, okay, it's that episode. All right, fast forward, fast forward. Okay, okay, here's where it comes into it. Uh, but it wasn't, it was an annoying type thing, and I just kind of just glanced over that episode. Um, um, I did try to start another anime and I got like one episode in and I was like, nope, done. Uh, I can't remember it, but it's about a girl that joins a virtual MMO and tries to make her character so defensive that eventually her character can't move. And I'm like, this is kind of stupid, but it's a cutesy poppy type, you know, whatever one. And I was like, nah, done. Didn't even get any further than episode one. I don't even think I even got through episode one. Um, let's go with something that I was kind of disappointed in. Um, so I'm not a big horror fan, not hugely into it, but when I find a good horror movie, I'm like, yeah, this was really good. It wasn't, you know, it was just a good, solid movie. Um, if anybody remembers, I reviewed it chapter one, uh, when it came out on like whatever, many, many months ago. And I really liked it. I tried watching it too, and I did watch it. Let me take it back. I did watch it chapter two all the way through, but I was kind of disappointed in it. Um, it was like, you really didn't need to make this movie anyway, but it chapter one was such a big success that they went in and did it anyway. Um, the story is supposedly 27 years after the first movie and everybody's an adult and it's got some, Decent actors in it. Um, James McAvoy, which I really like. Um, and they go, they have to come back to the hometown to finally stop it and destroy it completely. Um, special effects wise, no problem with the movie. Um, creepy factor, good and solid. It just didn't feel, you just didn't care. That's the best way to put it. Just didn't care about anything that was happening in that movie. I was like, okay, we know that they're eventually going to blah, blah. Okay, they got to get through this. They got to do this. And it, it just felt like it was piecemeal together just to put another movie out. And which sucked because the first one I thought was amazing. I had a blast with it. I thought it was a really good time. Um, a really good horror movie that didn't do the jump scares, which are like my most hated thing in horror movies. And it wasn't huge gore. It was, you know gross and disgusting, but it wasn't over the top. 
uh, It Chapter 2 just fell flat with me. I was kind of disappointed in it. Um, so, for a horror movie, it's okay. For a movie overall, it's still just okay. So it gets like my, you know, two and a half, three, meh, review. Because it's just there. Um, it didn't, didn't pull me in, didn't suck me in, didn't put me into the spot, didn't, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was wanting it very much. So, um, spoiler, I will be watching, uh, Dark Phoenix this coming week. Uh, at- <laughs> spoiler, it sucks. It sucks. Um, it is I'm actually coming out. I'm not that at all. <laughs> It is coming out, and I was I wanted to watch it because I know you did it and you reviewed it, um, and I wanted to watch. It is on oh. HBO, so you didn't watch uh, it. I haven't seen it. Oh, I thought you saw it, John. No, oh, I, I have I have I have standards. <laughs> um, but it comes on HBO this week. I think Monday is its first uh, live day, and I'm gonna watch it and see and give a yeah. full review on that. I'm fully yeah, expecting it to suck. Netflix or Amazon Prime for free. Yeah. Would I even remotely? <laughs> Captain Missy's got the standards in quotes for you. <laughs> Look, if I can't find a positive review on a major motion picture like that, I'm not paying money for it. Like, oh yeah, I watched Atlantic Rim. Oh yeah, I watched Cats. Oh yeah, I watched Robo Vampire. Oh yeah, I watched Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. They were all free. Yeah, this is free, so I'm not worrying about it. <laughs> Crimson, I have standards. The man who watched Transformers movies. Those were also all free. <laughs> I, that Blu-ray was a gift. Was it a gift? A curse? A curse. It's a little bit of a gift and a curse, but that, that's that's my idea of standards. I'm not going to pay for a movie I know is going to be shit. Actually, no, I, I did watch Batman vs. Superman, and I did pay for that. I guess uh, not so much on standards. Who knows? <laughs> um, Let's see. A movie I watched yesterday called Yesterday. Uh, yesterday is a movie about a failing artist that gets into a wreck and something happens in the world where all the lights turn off and people like there's certain things that just completely disappear from the world. And one of those is the Beatles and the, the guy remembers who the Beatles are, knows all their songs, knows all their music, but nobody else in the world does. And so he actually takes it upon himself to say those are his movies, writes them, produces them, you know, does whatever, and gets the credit for them. Um, there's also some other things that go on, like uh, I thought it was funny. I was like, man, if I could have a cigarette right now, I'd smoke it. And the guy's like, what's a cigarette? And they like every once in a while you see him at his computer looking up things like Coke. Coca-Cola doesn't exist in this world. So he asks his flight attendant if she has some Coke. And she comes in this look like, what do you mean? <laughs> He's like, Coca-Cola. And she's like, oh, n- what? But there are certain things in the world that just didn't, you know, ever happen at one point. But he remembers it. Um, he eventually finds people that do remember the same thing that he does. Um, they do all their songs. Uh, they play, you know, all the Beatles songs, which must have been, you know, pretty nice for them to be able to get all this music in there because, you know, the Beatles songs are classics, you know, rewrite history songs. Um, 
it's done by uh, quite a few of the actors are pretty unknown. Uh, so there's not very many people in it that, you know, were part of something. Um, it, it was actually not a bad movie. It had a couple of funny parts. It's a rom-com at, 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 at its heart um, with the Beatles music. Um, it's got, it's got, it's a movie that's got like a soul and we'll talk about things and do things and get things done. Um, I actually liked it. Uh, I'm a big Beatles fan to begin with. Uh, so I'm like singing along with the music as it's being played. Um, Ed Sheeran is in it and he actually tries to, he actually plays himself as Ed Sheeran, but kind of plays himself. I don't know how he is in real life, but he actually plays himself as a snooty little, um, privileged songwriter and such and there's some pretty funny things that go on with that uh, like they're changing the song from Hey Jude to Hey Dude um, and stuff and it just goes off and goes everything but it does highlight some of the things in the music industry so that was interesting um, overall it wasn't a bad movie it was free on HBO so you know like I said I'm not going to complain um, I give it maybe like two space herpes um, not bad at all. Uh, if you like Beatles music and you like a rom-com, eh, you'll like it. Um, it's, it was pretty decent. Um, let's see, I'm going through, uh, Netflix movie. Those are easy. Girl, the girl with all the talents, all the gifts, excuse me. Uh, it's a Netflix movie on right now and it's, uh, of course it's a zombie based movie. Uh, it's about a girl that, and it's still new so I'm not going to spoil it. Um, that supposedly has these gifts to deal with zombies. Um, it's your typical zombie movie. We're trying to live through everything. There's people that are living, you know, scientific stuff and everything, and they have all the equipment, and they're trying to live through a zombie apocalypse. You see this entire plot way ahead of time, and you know exactly how everything's going to play out Every single time you watch it. Anytime you start watching it, you're just like, yep, X, Y, Z, this is how it's going to happen. A, B, C, this is how it's going to get done. And they're going to get to plot F, and that's when it's going to be done. And you just see through the whole thing. Um, the little girl in the movie, good acting job. Really cool. Um, she did pretty good. Wasn't any bad acting in it. It was just very predictable and kind of boring. Uh, it rates on my meh to close to uh, 3.5. Um, it's better than the sharp stick in the eye like usual, but you could spend time watching a better movie. I was not impressed with it. Find something else. Uh, there's a couple of my on another Netflix movies on my uh, list that I can pick up and watch. So I'm going to watch those this week. Um, I have one last one. And then we'll get on with yours, John. Yep. Um, and it came out um, for free, I believe. No, I had to rent it. Um, and it was Ip Man 4. Um, and it's the last um, Ip Man movie. And if you love, like, old 80s martial arts movies, like Drunken Master or, you know, any of those old you know, 80s style martial arts movies, you'll love this. Uh, it was super, super classic martial arts movie. Um, 
somebody's kung fu is better than someone else's kung fu and you know they have to prove that their kung fu is better and this one brings the marines into it and it does have some standards based in real life uh because it is kind of loosely based off of this man's life um but i mean it was it was a great martial arts movie uh, I'm sitting there watching, you know, the martial artists and, you know, watching the, the fighting. I'm like, yeah, this reminds me of me sitting on my floor in my living room, you know, Saturday afternoon martial arts when I was a kid watching all those crazy martial arts movies. Should also point out this is more realistic than those martial arts movies by a long stretch. Correct. It is. But it reminds me because of the way the style was and the way it was done. There is some wiring, wire tricks and, you know, you're like, that could, you know. That would never happen and stuff, but it's just good visual martial arts movie. You didn't even mention the best part that uh, Ip Man is played by Donnie Yen. Well, I, I figured you would you know that because that's you know who he's that's oh, what it's always been. But not everyone's gonna know that. Well, and people may also know that Ip Man is based off the story of the man who taught Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. Correct. Um, but supposedly this was supposed to be the last one that they did. Um, and I'm okay with that. I was really surprised they made four of them. Uh, one was really good. Uh, two and three were okay. Uh, four was really good. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm sort of match up the online reviews I've heard of them. Yep. Um, it's, uh, you'd be pushing a two on this one. I would say one and a half. Because it was just a good, fun movie to watch. You knew it was going to happen. You knew how, you knew it was going to, you know, the, the plot was okay to the point. That you know how it's going to happen because if you've seen martial art movies, you know what's going to happen. Oh yeah. But it was good fun. The characters, some of the characters were over the top um, stereotypes and like really pushing over the top stereotypes. Um, but it was a really good fun movie. So that's my gem of the week, if you want to call that, um, because it did some really good stuff. I really enjoyed the the movie at all. So. I think that's it. I will definitely probably have probably about five or six more. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm going to have for next week because uh, I'm, I mean, probably talk about the short treks because I watch those. But yeah, I just finished Discovery Season 2. Uh, spoiler, it was awesome. Um, Whenever we first started, whenever it first came out and I started watching it and you and I were talking uh, about it and you were like, Season 1. People complained about season one a lot because it wasn't Star Trek. And really, it wasn't a Star Trek. Uh, it was more Star Trek than people gave it credit for. Yeah, it just wasn't... It didn't fit the standard explore new worlds, find new alien races, you know, that type of well, thing. Well, there's more to it than that, actually. The first season does because, at the end of the day, they all... It starts off showing that not being Star Trek, if you will, you know, with Michael Burnham's plot... Uh, arc uh, that that can hurt you and that's not the way forward and how they learn from that and even with sometimes the easy way out they don't choose that they choose the right way the Starfleet way and then even more so in Discovery Season 2 do they do that yeah Season 1 I, I understand when people complain about the you know it was in the Star Trek feel but it still was still Star Trek it just was in a different time it's, it's the war thing People yeah, don't care it, for the war stuff. It's a little off from overall, but... Uh, and there are parts of Season 2 that are a little much. I mean, uh, since Captain Mizzy's gone out, uh, there will be spoilers. <laughs> uh, let's try and keep it somewhat light. 
I'm not sure if Kathy plans on seeing it or not, but... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll try to keep it light. We won't, we won't spoil any of the huge things. But there's an overarching, you know, a little bit of back and forth between uh, the, the the protagonist and the people in Section 31, which if you know your DS9, I think Enterprise also, they're sort of the... We're sort of the CIA of the uh, Starfleet. You know, they do the things that got to get done. The even the time cop people. No, not the time cop. They're more, you know, do the hard thing. Like, oh, you can't do this. Like, we don't care. We got to do it because save the universe. You know, we're going to do all this unsavory stuff to make sure the Federation Starfleet keeps going. So Starfleet, so Starfleet as a whole can keep its whole, uh, keep its uh, untarnished reputation, let's say. Um, but yeah, the, the whole plot is basically um, there are seven cosmic signal, signal, signals that show up in the uh, in the galaxy, and they have to go explore them. And uh, since they don't have a captain, because they lost their captain uh, during the last first season, uh, Christopher Pike comes over from the Enterprise because they encounter the Enterprise, and the Enterprise is basically not working like it's don't know if something went why they never explain what went wrong they sort of hint that it might just be the holographic system they've been using that you never saw in the original series uh and they they, they definitely do some of that where they uh why didn't we see the original series oh we, we pulled that whole thing out of the enterprise <laughs> they try and fit everything in so that it fits with the original series and it does an okay job um it does sort of End with end up leading you to some things like you know what's going to happen because we never heard of this thing, and you're like, oh, of course they have to write that thing out somehow. Um, but they do a pretty good job of it um, overall. Um, it does mean that you know Spock is a big character in the series, and I mean you can't have you're not worried he's going to die. He kind of goes into the original series, so. But he does have a very good character arc in it. I was very pleased with that. Uh, his interactions with Michael Burnham, who is ostensibly his sister by uh, upbringing, not by any actual blood or anything, <clears throat> are good. Um, Captain Pike is awesome. <clears throat> they do a great job of fleshing out all the secondary characters and tertiary characters that should have gotten fleshed out in the first season. And that may be, in hindsight, the biggest problem with the first season is all the other bridge characters you see episode after episode don't get fleshed out. I mean, granted, there's a lot going on in season one, but it is kind of unfortunate you don't get any details on anyone until season two. And I think that's part of what makes it so much better. You know, uh, you know, who's at Detmer and how and navigation, you know, all of them and you know what the, you, you get a little idea about them all. So it means more. And uh, there's a couple episodes that really take advantage of that. Uh, they hit you two in a row where one of the bridge characters gets killed and they lay it on thick. And uh, it, it does a good job. It hits you. It hits you in the feels. And then the next episode, they open with the uh, funeral of that same character and they hit you to feel the end. Luckily, Mania and I watched those episodes back to back, so it was only one feels <laughs> hit. But... There's a lot of good stuff there. I am very, I was very pleased with the way it went. Um, it feels very much like Star Trek. Uh, it was a good, like, honestly, if I'd seen this before I saw Picard, I would not have been worried about Picard being good at all because this was very high quality 
very enjoyable. I mean, it's I'm gushing. It's zero space herpes. There should be a shock to no one. I, like I, I was, the second season was incredible. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I like I can't remember the girl's name uh, or the actor, or the actress or the character name. The female scientist um, with the red hair. Tilly? Yeah. Tilly? Yeah, she was my favorite out of the entire. I really loved her as as a as a character on that show. She she seems the she, most real. Yes. Um she she got upset at really big stuff, but she was like, "Okay, I got to pull my shit together and get this done." I she's my favorite out of the entire cast. I like her a lot. And she does have a good little arc in there, and I like how they take they've got the overarching, you know, thing. They have little sub arcs in it that sort of get you from point to point, and to make the, if you would, what would normally called filler work, rather than having it confined to an episode, they have it go over episodes, have it start halfway through something. So you've got this connective tissue that makes it feel like it. Not everything's wrapped up at the end of the episode. It feels like there's good connective tissue between the episodes. Yes, and that makes a hell of a thing. Um, um, Tilly actually reminds me a little bit of the doctor um, in uh, Picard, who is so far over her head and feels real because of it. They did a good job with that. Um, I like all the characters are likable or unlikable for all the right reasons. Um, the first captain or the, the Georgia. Yes. Fucking uh, a. He's amazing. Oh, you mean oh, you mean Lorca? Lorca. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jason Isaacs. He did a great job with that, and and. I can understand there being some criticism of season one, but I feel like it's not fair. I feel like people, you may have come in with unfair expectations of what new Star Trek was going to be, and Star Trek's always going to evolve. It's not always going to be the original series or the next gen. No. And I feel like that's its strength and its weakness to some people. To most of its strength, it means you can get different flavors of series. I, I think this this series is I hate to say the word darker but it, it, it it's more in your face it is it, it is technically darker but it's not bleak yes if you know what I mean yeah like there are certain times they'll make it like the first season got a little rough at points they probably could have scaled it back a little bit um but the second season was still a little darker but never felt bleak never felt depressing it is. It shows you how to make something feel realistically without it becoming soul-crushingly depressing. Correct. And that is why I twitch every time it says something like, oh, we're going to make this, but we're going to make it dark. And I'm like, I fucking, we don't fucking need dark. The world is dark. Let's get something bright. Or if you're going to do it, don't do dark just to be dark. Do dark because you're going to give good plot lines and meanings. And that's what Discovery has had. Even the first season... Lorca's arc is a good arc, and I actually like how it weaves into the graver, greater Star Trek narrative through the, since we're spoiled the fuck out of that, through the Mirror Universe and how that goes through. I mean, the Mirror Universe has shown up in multiple series now, and it's all weaved together fairly well. I mean, if you watch the Enterprise Mirror episodes, uh, and a Mirror Darkly Parts 1 and 2, very good. Those were very good. Those were the best episodes of Enterprise, I think. Yeah, probably. Um, I've seen them. They're they're great. There's some of the few Enterprise episodes I've seen besides early season one. Um, you know, and then it weaves into the 
episodes in uh, the original series. This weaves right between the two of them because it's where it is. Um, and then it weaves right into eventually Deep Space Nine. In fact, the biggest failing of Next Generation would be not having a mirror episode. There's a book, not sure how good it is, but there was a, a mirror universe book for uh, Next Gen, but not an episode. But uh, I very much enjoy it. I could keep gushing on it for a while, but I actually end up really liking just about everyone. I mean, some of them are asses at times, but even, you know, uh, Mirror Giorgio, the, the Emperor, she's an ass at times, but she's an amusing ass because she's, <laughs> she's fucking terrible, but sometimes you need that. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. I can't wait for the new season. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. I mean, uh, I'm not sure it's gonna. It's enough to keep me in uh, CBS All Access till it comes out. But I will honestly say, between these two seasons and Picard, it is absolutely worth uh, the full price for as long as it takes for you to watch them. Yeah. yeah. If you watched uh, an episode a day, not quite an episode a week, because. I mean, episode a week's a little rough. That would be like, what, 38 episodes? No, I mean, if you watched 30, you couldn't really afford that. That'd be a little much for it. But if you watch at a moderate pace, it's good, worth, I mean, it's easily worth three months. I mean, that's only 30 bucks. It's well worth that price. And uh, we'll see. Um, right now I'm loaning out my, uh, be quiet, I'm loaning out my, uh, Access, because two people can access it once to uh, someone else so they can watch Discovery. <laughs> and then Banyan might watch. There's some other series on there. Uh, plus, there's Short Treks. And I did mention this to Captain Mizzy, if you guys saw in the chat room. There is an episode of Short Treks called Runaway that you should watch before the last two episodes of Discovery. Or you're going to be like Banyan and I. We're like, hold on, did we miss something? Because I don't recognize what the fuck just happened. It is not the first time they did that there's another time where he's like i don't understand i'm like it's a classic series thing because they do flash back to the classic series once yeah. because it is captain pike it was a series and we talked about this earlier while we still agree picard is probably the best starfleet captain pike is a real real close second right. so guys thanks for joining us tonight we really really appreciate it thanks for hanging out um, tonight, I'm actually going to send y'all to Rainer when we're done. Uh, but for episode 119, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm <laughs> I win! <laughs> she wins this time. So, I'm going to be sending y'all to Rainer. Please stay around to watch him. He's an amazing guy. Don't forget to watch him. Good night, people. Good night! Good night! Thank you.